The museum restaurant is now open and will be serving the same crud as yesterday, but with a cheesy top on. <laughs> Museum of Everything. All right, cheers then, thanks then, cheers, hello, welcome to the museum. I am one of your guides, as is explained on this metal badge saying Museum Guide. Confusingly, there is also a brochure which is titled Museum Guide as well. <laughs> Chaos! <laughs> of course, the easiest way to spot the difference is that the brochure guide is made of paper and I am made of a man. <laughs> You'll get the hang of it. Anything in shoes is most likely to be a person. And this is... Debbie! Who is a temp. I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm only good at photocopying. What's a guide do? Guiding. Right. Now you'll have to explain it again. <laughs> I'm such a dur brain sometimes. Is it like filing? Well, in a way, no, it's nothing like filing. To be honest. It's not spreadsheets, is it? I told the agency I can't do spreadsheets. If I had to do a spreadsheet, I would literally die. Literally. <laughs> it's not spreadsheets, is it? Please stop saying spreadsheets. <laughs> we do have a number of theatrical exhibits on display today. You'll know which ones they are, because there's a load of actors come to see them, and you can hear them talking from two flights away. Well, I hear they have a beautifully mounted Judy Depp. And an original velvet rehearsal pouch that belonged to Olivier. Mm, they say it still has identifiable stainage. Oh. <laughs> we are also offering theatrical face painting, as Debbie here is kindly demonstrating. What? <laughs> Looks very good, Debbie. Well done for taking part. I'm not wearing face paint. I'm going out with Saskia and Mel after work. You look like a clown. <laughs> scary clown or nice clown? Nice clown, but with a scary face. Oh, good. So do enjoy your visit here today. In the event of a fire or bomb scare, please make your way as quickly as possible to the nearest gift shop, where once you've made a purchase, you will be allowed to leave the building. <laughs> Spend £12. I recommend the parts of the Caribbean-themed Henry VIII mouse mats. Hey, you know that clay pot with all the velvet ropes and security cordons around it? From the Pompeii Gallery, yes. That's one of only two amphora still with the original depictions of naked satire on. Oh, is that what they are? I thought someone had drawn a willy on it. <laughs> so I'll put it in the bin. <laughs> what am I like? Somewhat like a dangerous clown-faced vandal, Debbie. <laughs> It's opening night! <laughs> opening night! What's the time, Nichols? Um, let's have a look. It's opening night! Oh. <laughs> so the interactive musical machine is ready. Let's get them in. Pull back the curtain! Illuminate the stage! Lie in the scenery! Grease the paint! Break my leg! Welcome and bienvenue! Welcome! Here it is, finally, ladies and gentlemen, the musical theatre interactive fantasy machine. Wow, I've read about this. It sounds great. Indeed we are. <laughs> With this wonderful exhibit, you get to be the star of any musical you like. Yes, pick a song, choose a costume, we project the background, voila! And at the end, you get a souvenir video of your performance. Cool. Sounds like a scream. Allow me to demonstrate. Uh, just quick dip in the costume box here. Uh, pull on the correct hat. <laughs> and I am in Kiss Me, Kate. Off we go. I'm all 
Sasha! Yes, I'm always true to you, darling, in my way. Oh, Nichols, you were wonderful. Bobby, <laughs> you are too kind. Would it be all right if I had to go? Absolutely, my dear. Just pull on the correct hat, and now watch me. I'm in Oliver Twist. Oh. Where is love? Does it fall from skies above? And scenes. How was that? This rocks. I, can I have a turn? Have a turn? You must be the turn, my dear boy. Like this. Hat, scenery, jazz hands, and Excuse I... me, it costs 20 quid to get in here. I'm not just watching you two old queens take it in turns to murder the plastic. Oh, dear. Why can't a woman be more like a man? Now, that's a good question. <laughs> Could I please have a go? Yes. After me. Ah. Hat, scene, and I am Calamity Jane. Blue sky, a wonderful day. Whip crack away, whip crack away, whip crack away. <laughs> Phantom, I am the mask you wear. It's me they hear. Your spirit and my voice <laughs> in one combined. Why don't you please stop and let us have a go? Then you can't stop us now. We haven't even started on the Sunday. Oh, so many to choose from. Uh, <laughs> which hat? Yeah. What to do? Uh. Hmm. <laughs> Something erratic, something dramatic, something for everyone, a comedy tonight. This is a disgrace. I'm leaving. I'm going to complain. Send in the clown. <laughs> you two should be ashamed. You like children. You're right. But not like all children. Perhaps, oh, yes, whose is this curly red wig? <laughs> the son of part of the museum was on fire, would that encourage any of you to leave a bit early? It's just I've got a date. <laughs> well, they've made their decision. And? It's not good, Alan. It looks like we're going to have to close. Damn, Brussels, is there nothing we can do? Nope, they're pretty clear on this. Due to tightened EU legislation on nut allergies, Peanut World is going to have to shut its doors. <laughs> But don't they understand this has been our life's work? Oh, calm down, Alan. Sorry, all right. Don't they understand this has been our two years' work? <laughs> They're faceless EU bureaucrats, Alan. Oh, how horrible for them. I mean... No, no. I suppose at least they're still able to work, but no, the no, idea... Alan, Alan, focus. Focus. They, they have faces. Oh, good. I just meant they don't give a damn about the little man. Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> No, that, that's a woman, anyway. Woman, are you sure? That's... Look, Alan, what I'm trying to say is they don't care that two friends had a dream one day to open Britain's largest interactive peanut theme park. Mm, and that we would visit that and steal the idea. Exactly. <laughs> such a shame. Let's face it, Alan, the EU has it in for small-time theme parks. Look at what happened to Bournemouth's Museum of Imperial Measurements. Below minimum wage world, or the, the beef on the bone adventure ride. We've done everything they've asked of us. Yes, and in hindsight, that may contain nut sign out front was a mistake. 
It didn't do enough to assure allergic visitors that Peanut World wouldn't give them a nasty reaction and said to the dedicated nut fan that maybe we weren't as committed to peanuts as our name suggested. I just don't understand why we have to cater to the allergic. I mean, Peanut World just isn't for them. I hear you, Alan. It's like Angry Bee Fun Park. It's not for everyone. <laughs> no one complains about apartheid land up the road, do they? <laughs> no, uh, actually they do. Well, all right, but it's not the EU. Yeah, no, that's more of an international boycott. <laughs> it's political correctness gone mad. Still, I suppose at least we'll always have our jobs at lead-based paint land to fall back on. Alan, I'm afraid I've got some more bad news. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, I mean, for me and Dennis to be able to have our wedding here at the museum just the way we want it, well, it's a dream come true, isn't it? Yeah, it's right, Cathy. It is, yeah, yeah. When I tell people how we met, they always say, oh, it's just like Romeo and Juliet, don't they? Yeah. Uh, though that doesn't mean she was 14. No. <laughs> or that I'm an Italian nobleman. No. But ours is the love across the divide. Yeah, the dividing question being the American Civil War. We're both enthusiastic reenactors, you yeah. see. Yeah, I know a lot of people think that the English Civil War is the best Civil War. Yeah, but Dennis and me, we think the American Civil War is more glamorous. glamorous yeah. Yeah. I'm a Confederate. I'm a Unionist. You damn Yankee! <laughs> <laughs> and so even though we're on different sides on the weekend, we do have a lot in common. Yeah, yeah. and so we organise this American Civil War reenactment-themed wedding. Yeah, yeah. Everything's going to be done out in blue and grey. Uh, the table decorations, the bridesmaids, the food. <laughs> Dennis's brother will be doing the reading. Yeah, it's going to be the Gettysburg Address. Though we've asked him to keep it short, so it'll be more of a Gettysburg postcode. <laughs> we're, uh, we're planning to walk down the aisle to the theme music from Gone with the Wind. Oh, yeah. And the registrar will be blacked up to resemble Hattie McDaniels. <laughs> Which I think is very sporting of her. Very sporting indeed. Yeah, now I'll be in uniform, of course. I'm, I'm technically only a sergeant with the 14th Peace Pottage Militia, but um, they're bumping me up to Brevet General for the event for the braiding, you know, yeah. And I, I did think about dressing up as Scarlet O'Hara. Oh, you would have looked lovely. Oh, I know. But I think the costume I've gone for is more me. General Robert E. Lee, complete with beard. Yeah. <laughs> of course, all our families and friends will be in uniform as well, you know, north on my side, south on hers. <laughs> Fingers crossed there won't be a replay of the tragic sectarian violence that racked America between 1861 and 1865. We tend to steer clear of politics. Yeah. Though I'm always telling people, aren't I, that just because we reenact the army of the Southern Confederacy, it doesn't mean we share any of their political views. Yeah, in fact, I'm always saying that, funnily enough, there are probably more racists in my family than hers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your Uncle Tony... Yeah. He's actually in favour of slavery, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Though he won't be coming to the wedding. That's because he's got front row tickets for the Jim Davidson gig in Portsmouth that night. Yeah, that's correct. So there shouldn't be any arguments, no more than at a normal wedding. But we will be confiscating all muskets and sabres at the door just in case. Yes. <laughs> Seriously, I should never have said that about the date. We really are on fire. Can you just make your way to the nearest gift shop? Fire! Now then, what's all this about, eh? I'm sure I don't know, Colonel. I received a telegram summoning me here just as you did. <laughs> what about you, Vicar? 
Why, yes, Colonel Bluff. My sinister housekeeper brought it in this morning with my tea and crumpets. Yeah, it must be from this demmed Belgian chappy. What the blaze is the fellow after now? Here is the man himself, Colonel. Perhaps he could answer your question. Gentlemen, ladies, so sorry to keep you. Now, look here, Parrot, what's all this about, eh? All in good time, Colonel, all in good time. Now, I'm sure you are wondering what this is all about, eh? I just asked you that, you dead Please, Belgian. Colonel, why, you are asking yourself, have I summoned you here to attend this extraordinary general meeting of the Agatha Christie Appreciation Society? <laughs> Parrot, the AGM's next week. Couldn't you have just tabled in any other business into the agenda? Language, Colonel. Colonel, I think we should allow Mr. Parrot to continue. Thank you, lady, old lady. I'm afraid uh, I have some terrible news to put to the committee. Since becoming treasurer, it has come to my attention there has been a horrible murder. <gasps> oh! How awful! A murder, Parrot? Are you sure? Uh, no, not not murder. No, sorry. I meant a horrible case of fraud. Fraud? <gasps> not fraud, exactly. But someone has been taking money from the petty cash tin without signing a cheat. You surely can't suspect one of us, Mr. Parrot. Indeed I do, Reverend Nice. My little off-white cells tell me the culprit is in this very room. Lady, oh lady. Come on, Parrot, get on with it, man. Not so fast, Colonel. As members of the Agatha Christie Appreciation Society, I think we are all aware that such a disclosure cannot be rushed. Oh, good Lord. I first became aware that something was amiss when I filled out the expenses form for our monthly society trip to see the mouse tower. <laughs> So I began to ask myself, what's the most to gain from this deception? Would it be you, Reverend Nice, who has had very public difficulty in paying for the biscuits at society meetings? Or was it you, Colonel Bluff, financially barren, since you lost all of your money investing in hatsforbears.com? Or perhaps you, lady old lady, who somehow manages to keep up the maintenance on your massive home, the unfortunately named Murder Grange. Well, which one is it? We've been here for four hours. Yes, get to the bleeding point. Not so fast, my friends. This is my big summing up. I'm not going to rush it. I decided to go back to the very beginning of my investigation. Dipper, Blackpool, Rubbish, Nemesis, Thorpe Park, For Girls, Oblivion, Alton Towers, Absolutely Pants, Make Way for the UK's largest, longest, and most insanely dangerous roller coaster. Yes, it's The Widowmaker. Yes, the Widowmaker is the UK's newest and most unnecessarily life-threatening roller coaster ride. Climb a thousand feet into the air and then watch your dry cleaning bill go through the roof as you plummet at a terrifying speed of over 300 miles an hour into the very core of the earth with no seatbelts. Oh no, we've lost Granny! Thrill as your brain shakingly plunged into gallons of water and then pumped with live electricity. 
attraction most likely to lead to a tragic accident, so are you mental enough to ride the Widowmaker? The Widowmaker contravenes all the UK and EU safety standards. That's why we're based on the Isle of Man. <laughs> and that, my friends, is the 43rd reason why I suspect someone in this very room. I will now list all of these reasons again very slowly. Number one. Somebody make him stop. I want to go home. Parrot, is any of this really important? We're only talking about 56p. It might not be important to you, Colonel, but to I, to me, who has dedicated his life to upholding justice and balancing the books for literary appreciation societies, it is very important indeed. Are you sure there was even a theft? Couldn't you have added it up all wrong? Oh, how very convenient that would be for you, Reverend Nice. Then this whole thing could be ushed up. That is the English way, it seems. But no, as sure as my name is Achilles Parrot, my little off-white cells have made no mistake. Here, look. There, in black and white. Is that number not the number seven? Actually, I think it's a nine. Eh? Yes, it is. It's a nine. Look. Oh, he's right. Look, you've smudged it a bit, but it's definitely a nine. Do not be a... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, uh, sorry to have kept you, and I will see you at the AGM. Merci. Au Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another roundtable discussion at the Museum of Everything Arts Forum. The ideas corpse up for dissection tonight <laughs> is this. Which is better, film or theatre? Helping me identify the remains from dental records tonight, our theatrical practitioner, Damien Mansfield. A pleasure. And from the Museum of Everything, Fulham Institute, putting the case for cinema, is Tom Comode. Hello. <laughs> So, film or theatre, which is the best? Well, if I can start by putting the question another way. <laughs> theatre, film, or is the best, which? <laughs> A fascinating point. I know. <laughs> I just don't like theatre. I mean, you can't talk during it, for one thing. And I feel that cinema is just so much more accessible than theatre. I mean, there's one just down the road from me, but the theatres are in the middle of town. Well, speaking as I do with a loud, braying theatrical voice, um, Tom, surely you, you can't seriously suggest that the experience of going to the cinema can compare to seeing live theatre at its rawest. I mean, I went to see uh, the movie X-Men the other day, and what did I experience? My seat cost a laughable £6.50 compared to the utterly reasonable £50 I would expect to pay for a theatre show. Really? Yes, and there were no souvenir programmes, let alone ones that cost £3.50. And it gets worse. When I sat down, I found that my seat was not designed around the body shape prevalent in the 19th century. So, not only did I have a disgusting amount of legroom, but the seat was also comfortable with an unrestricted view. Awful. Mm. 
You're an idiot. Now, in the interest of balance, you went to see a play for us, didn't you, Tom? Yes, and I loathed it. I mean, where was the popcorn? Where were the unfunny orange adverts? Where were the trailers? They're the best bit. And with the film, when the lights go up, you're allowed to go home at the play. They made us come back in for a second half. If I'd known I wouldn't have spent 20 minutes queuing for a gin and tonic, I really needed a wee. Gin and tonic? Gin and tonic? There's another thing. You can't get gin and tonic at the cinema. Though you can smuggle in a half bottle of gin and use it to put the edge on a big (laughs) seven-up. In the so-called national theatre I went to, the biggest drink I could find was a pint. That's barely the amount of liquid you get in a kitty small at the flicks. How can you begin to enjoy a narrative without at the very least a couple of gallons of fizzy pop? And the noise in the cinema. Munch, 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 munch. What's wrong with the noise of stifled coughing and snoring? Well, I can see this argument is like the mousetrap. It will run and run and run, and it's quite boring. So, Damien, a final word. Theatre is like a journey in an illegal minicab. It's exhilarating, it's dangerous, it's shockingly expensive, and it's often ill-advised. And Tom. Could you imagine the cinematic genius that is Police Academies 1 through 7 being performed in a theatre? I think not. (laughs) Mm, Thank you. You're both idiots. Good night. Right, come this way, ladies and gentlemen. It is now time for our new highbrow literary audio-visual display celebrating the life of this country's greatest ever poet. Pam is? No, she was a close second. I refer, of course, to the bard. James Blunt. Thank you, Debbie. Um, So you're all now going to sit in a dark room and witness a holographic laser vision that can only be described as shoddy. Please prepare yourselves for... The William Shakespeareans. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou? Where are you? Oh, hello. I'm the actress Dame Maggie Bench. I played a cadaver in Holby City and a tree in peak practice. But now I'm having problems with these lines. If only there was someone to help me. Hello, I'm Will. Will? William Shakespeare? That's me. I see you're reading one of my plays. Yes, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, that old thing. So, perhaps you'd like me to take you on a fascinating and informative, yet exciting, tour through my life and work. Oh, would you? Why, yes. Let me, upon your imagination work, I need to open this holographic dressing room door. And behold, we step back some 400 years to the place of my birth. Stratford-upon-Avon in the Midlands. Oh, it's idyllic. It's basically Birmingham with swans. <laughs> but come, it is 1573. I'm a mere nine years old, and already I have written my first play. Have a look through that window. Right, class, gather round. So this year's nativity play has been written by young William Shakespeare. So let's begin, shall we? Innkeeper, my wife is pregnant and has ridden here on a donkey. (laughs) Have you any room for us in the inn? There is no room in the inn, but you can kick in my barn. Barn? Thou varlet, what insult is this, thou addle-painted coxcomb? 
Tis, tis bitter wormwood to my very soul. Behold my dagger. Thus and thus and thus I smite thee. And thus I cut out thy tongue and I stick it in thee. Well, is everything all right at home? <laughs> Come away now, before she refers me to a child psychologist. Where to now, Will? We must go to London, the stinking, pestilence-filled jewel of Elizabethan England. Just through here. Watch out below, Gardy Lou. Oh, everyone's a critic. It was here that I created my first real masterpieces. Ah, uh, yes. Titus, the two gentlemen. No. Adverts. Adverts? Don't look at me like that. We all have to make money somehow. I wrote some of the finest adverts of the Renaissance era. Tired. Stressed. Art thine humours out of balance. Why not try health-giving tobacco for that new world feeling every day? Are your payments of small amounts of flesh getting on top of you? If so, why not consolidate them into one easy-to-manage pound of flesh? All over the world, bears and dogs are living perfectly happy lives. With just one groat of your money, we can bring these animals to London and make them fight. Please, help us help bears and dogs lead short but entertaining lives. But where are the plays, Will? Those magnificent plays that we all love so much. Well, you're in luck. Here we are at the Globe Theatre. Let's pop in and catch a rehearsal, shall we? In token of which duty, if he please, my hand is ready. May it do him ease. Okay, and rest. Good work. Um, I like where you're going with it, but um, can we try it without the whiskers and the pointy nose? But I'm the shrew. Yes. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's not really that sort of shrew, is it? Is it not? No, no. But I've been sleeping in a hole by the riverbank and eating seeds to get into character. <laughs> as you know, the taming of the shrew established me as the leading comic playwright of my age. It's a very funny story about a man starving and psychologically torturing his wife until her spirit is entirely broken. <laughs> yes, I've never quite got your jokes. Ooh, the audience are arriving. Look out, they're all wearing big frilly collars. What does that mean? Rough crowd. <laughs> Another example of my humour. <laughs> well, I think I've shown you all there is to know about my works. I'm sure you'll be more than adequate. See you round. Break a leg. Are you not staying? For the end of Romeo and Juliet? You must be joking. It's so tedious. She's dead, he's dead, she's alive, he's alive, she's dead again. Huh. It's basically just West Side Story with the songs taken out. <laughs> Leave. I really must. I'm working on a new ad campaign for potatoes. They're the latest thing. Goodbye. That was the Museum of Everything, written and performed by Marcus Brigstock, Danny Robbins and Dan Tetzel with Lucy Montgomery. Original music by Dominic Haslam and Ben Walker. The producer was Alex Walsh-Taylor. Potato or potato? That is the question. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
Shall I compare thee to a summer's potato? Oh, no, that, that's awful. That's worse than Cymbeline. Oh, I know. Oh, what a piece of work is a potato. How noble in taste, how infinite in culinary possibility. How waffly versatile. 